Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're getting a chance to sit down with Huron BJJ Brown Belt and Head Instructor and Owner Sean Garrity. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast. If you're looking for all the great breakdowns, podcasts, all the guest episodes, and all the hot takes that we have coming up, make sure you like and subscribe and don't forget to hit that notification bell and you're going to get everything that you got coming down the pipeline. Support for the Choking Hazard Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineers tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You've heard that right, the 4.0. Join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. This exclusive offer for you with 20% off and free worldwide shipping with CH Podcast. So use that code at manscaped.com. Remember, that's CH Podcast. Now let me tell you one thing. This sleek engineered design of the 4.0 is a great idea. It's got wireless charging, which is great. It's skin-safe technology, and it's got a light on it. It was a great experience. It's a perfect product. And then one thing I tell you, I've used it personally. I wouldn't tell you guys if it was a bad product if I didn't try it myself. As I tried it, like I said, it was great. I can use it as a body trimmer or I can use it as a nut trimmer. So you got your choices. Keep everybody happy. More of your wife, your girlfriend, they're going to enjoy the experience. So remember, it's a, imagine sl- shaving with that sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes your shaving time the favorite time in the bathroom. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CHPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use this code CHPODCAST and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with the right job for Manscaped. Your balls are gonna thank you. Today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody here? How long you've been doing jiu-jitsu for? And uh, just, you know, what you've been up to with COVID in the last like year and a half? Okay, so I've been doing jiu-jitsu for nine years. Um, I'm a brown belt. I just received my brown belt from George Brito. Yep, we just saw that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Three weeks ago. So, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you know, your gym's going hard when you're getting brown belts in the lockdown, right? <laughs> but um, that was a 100% legal promotion for the record for anybody yeah. listening. You cannot confirm or deny that you got your brown belt during a lockdown. Yes, of course. But uh, yeah, so I've been doing this for nine years. I started at MTC in Windsor, um, started kickboxing, got shin, shin on shin. Didn't like that. So I said, I'm just going to stick with this jujitsu. We moved out from Windsor to here for a journalism job. I lost my journalism job. Long story short, I was a blue belt, started this gym, and we've been open for um, five years now in April, five years in April. Started off with 13 mats, got 100 students, a couple of provincial champions. I won um, an uh, IBJJF. Toronto, I won many purple belts, local tournaments. And um, yeah, so with COVID right now, we are just in the midst of trying to get to the States. Like that's what our team's trying to do right now because no one's really doing it. They're doing it singly handedly, like Nate, Mosley and all them guys, they're going out like singly. And I would say um, my boy, Dianis from DNA, he's had a few, but really you're not having these guys in Canada that are coming to the States 
to just come and just, I like our whole goal since COVID is like, all right, if this COVID stuff happens again, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit around looking for local tournaments? No. So our whole goal right now is just to get, I'm, I'm in the midst of doing all the border stuff and getting across the border, getting all my immigration papers and all that's going to take a little while, but that's the whole goal right now with COVID is to try to get a team out there and uh, show everybody that this little town of Godrich knows what's up. And yeah, that's what, that's the plan. We are also sponsored by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's touch THC and CBD products, look no further than Alex and his team at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. Remember, you're going to type in the code CHPODCAST when you go visit them, and you're going to get your discount every single time. So remember, Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street, North and Waterdown, Ontario. So you kind of mentioned like you started like training as a blue belt. You started up in an academy as a blue belt. Like, Cause we just had um, Jordan up yep. on the podcast uh, just last week and he was telling like, yeah, I started as a blue belt as an academy owner. Um, so like, obviously like being a blue belt, that's a big task as an academy owner, plus a teacher, right. To kind of build off that. Like, did you kind of feel like any resistance from the community or individuals of like starting a club at all? Or like, how was your experience going about it? Yeah. I had, we, we, there's a local, uh, dojo, I guess. Um, they're a little choked that we opened under a blue, a lot of, cause they have black belts. Mm -hmm. I get black belts in like four years, three years. And they're like, yeah, why is this guy teaching? And yeah, we had a few of those, but what are you going to do if you're like to those people that are like, you're a blue belt. What else am I going to do? I live in Godrich. I had to train in Stratford. I had to go to London. It's like, I had to build something here and you got to start somewhere. Right. But yeah, we had a lot of uh, people saying, Oh, this guy's a blue belt. And I make up, I had a few guys where I make, I make up moves. I do. It's funny, I, like, you know, when you say, like, what's this guy doing? Is he at the club making moves up? I actually am. We are. <laughs> Maybe people have done it before me, a little different, but, yeah, that's that was a big thing, being a blue belt. It was, it was annoying, but whatever, that's what you got to do, and now I'm a brown belt, so what are you going to say now? So how did you get the connection to, like, you know, because you, you're under the Jiu-Jitsu for Life team, George Burrito. Yeah. You just got your brown belt from him recently. Like, how did that how, how did that connection happen? Like, you you mentioned a few places. Like, you went to train, like, you know, you're a blue belt. You started your own school. But, like, you're training at some other places as well. So, like, how did that connection begin? And, like, you know, like, how did you end up, like, training at Stratford, London? Like, how's that all? So I lived, in, I lived in Windsor, and I – always wanted to do jujitsu uh, and I said it for like four years and I was a little older like 25 26 and my wife said well there's MTC you've been saying it for three years so finally I just walked in the door <laughs> yeah I walked in the wife door. called you out and just like yeah, hey you've been saying you want to be a tough guy for like three yeah. years why don't you go down to the three academy years. there you pussy yeah exactly <laughs> it so I was like all right screw it so I walked in there got the shit kicked out of me loved it got a shit on shin like I said and just been going from there. And George was George uh, Reno is one of the owners of MTC and George, uh, I believe came to Canada. And when he came, Reno started teach uh, being his MMA coach. So that's was the connection with George and me. So MT George was started grading us. 
I started Nogi and then they're like, yo, we're doing Gi now. This George guy's coming. And I remember like it was yesterday when I first met this guy, we were doing Nogi and we were, some guy was talking to me and George is like, hey, no talking. And I was like, who the hell is that crazy Brazilian with fucked up ears, man? Like, I'm like, and then the kid tried to talk to me again, like five minutes later, I'm like, bro, that fucking guy yells at me again. I'm going to fuck you up. Like, stop talking to me, man. Like, you know, so the connection was MTC was, I'm pretty sure Reno was his MMA coach. And then he came down to grade a few people and then it just worked from there. And then I, I moved out here to, uh, to Seaforth for a journalism job, started training in Stratford. Uh, I got my blue belt. I was a three, I was a white belt for three and a half years. So Ryan O'Shea is like, all right, man, here's a blue belt after like training for three, four months with him. And then I just, um, I lost my job. I, I kind of, when I came out here, I wasn't even doing jujitsu that much. Like I, I didn't even train for like, I don't even know, like four months. Just this, I don't know what happened. I think I quit, I quit drinking the alcohol. Like I didn't, I didn't party that much, but I just removed it. And then I said, no, let's do this. Lost the job. And then it was, let's just take this road and go with it. And now I, I, I don't have a job and this jujitsu is my job and I train all over the place. Before lockdown happened, I was traveling to Toronto BJJ once a week. Uh, I think I was driving 12 hours. I used to, or what was Ooh. it? 20, no, it was 20 hours of driving in a week, 25 hours of just driving in a week just to get to these places. That's, and then I started- that's, a, that's a bit of a trek, like from Godrich to like to, to Toronto BJJ, like downtown Toronto. Like well, yeah, how, what, what is, that's like a three hour, one way or both ways? Three hour that way, three hour that way. Oh man. So we're talking six hours just in that week. And then I'm driving to Stratford one there. So two hours there and I'm doing that three, four times a week. So now we're at eight, we're at like 14, 14 to 20 hours a week. I'm sitting there just driving, but that's mm-hmm. what you got to do though. You can't, you gotta, you gotta, if, like Nikki Ryan and Gary used to drive from, I can't remember where it was, but I'm pretty sure they would drive a part of Manhattan and go all the way to New York three hours to get there, three hours back every single day. So if they can yeah. do that, why can't I? They're going yeah, from Jersey. Because they were Jersey. going from Jersey all the way up into Manhattan to kind of yep. where they need to go, right? So like, and again, it, it depends, it's like anything. It depends on what you want, right? If you want to yeah. be... Again, good at your sport, you have to go where the craft is going to be the best at and the best academy within your meanable range of your destination. You're going to have to do that, right? That's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you kind of, like, look at your students and then it's, like, you kind of you give them the, the breakdown be like, hey, in order for me to get to here, this is what I did. How did they kind of like react to that? We're like, okay, I got to travel. I can't just stay within an academy. Did they kind of like, you know, feed off that? Or are they kind of like, ah, you know what? I don't have time for that right now. Like, how do you kind of like get that message across? It's, it's actually overwhelming because I'm the most dedicated person. I'm the one that's doing this. And a lot of people, most people, I got about, I got about 10, 15 diehards and a hundred other ones that are casuals, which is, that's how mm-hmm. good you um, but sorry, can you say that question one more time? One more time, Aaron. What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> no, like, like how, like, obviously you, you've lived that life. You're, you're driving that, you're making that commitment, right? So if you have a student that's like, 
you know, wants to drive, how do you put that message across to them? Like if this is what they want to accomplish, they can't just stay in one location. They have to put in the effort. They have to travel. Like, how do you frame that message to them to make it, or is it just kind of like, just do what I do. This is how I do it. Like, yeah, I just, well, they, I'm, I'm a little different. I'm not from here. Uh, my, my kids are born here. Half my kids are born here now, but I'm from Windsor, Ontario. So I come here to a farmland shit's a lot different. Like I'm from, I'm from the projects of Glengarry and Windsor where there's a lot of, um, shout out Windsor, Essex. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of bad shit that happens there. And I'm from a, I've had a different kind of life. So like, I just kind of tell them like, yo, this is where I came from and this is what I'm doing. And like my life is, my life was jacked before jujitsu. My parents are dead, drugs, um, I lived in foster care my whole life. So reality is the message I'm telling them, no matter what, if you want to get good, you got to fail and you're going to have to travel to these places to get the shit kicked out of you and enjoy it every time because that's the only way you're going to get good. That's it. There's no other way. Yeah. You got to, you got to put it in the time, no matter what, the, no matter what people say, like you got to put it in the time, you got to find, you know, the right training partners and all that. And you know, there, I think maybe the, the issue with, you know, where, where you're at is like, you know, like you're not in like downtown Toronto, for example, where there, you know, there's millions of people, you know, like, Hey, you can show up at Toronto BJJ and you could potentially be training with like, you know, you know, 10, 15 different black belts in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what are like some of the challenges with like, you know, running a school in like a smaller town? Like, is it, like, it, you know, like, is there, are there positives to it, negatives to it? Like versus like, Hey, I opened up a school in Toronto, for example, like there's millions of people that can potentially become my customer versus somewhere else. Yeah. It's a, a much smaller rural community. Like, what, yeah, like what no are one's going to just walk by. Like, it's not like Toronto where people are just walking by. Oh, there's the place. There's only 8,000 people in Godrich and there's only 55,000 people in all of Huron County. And Huron County is such a massive space. So the reality is we have to advertise and social media is like a job. It's literally a job. And all these people that say, oh, uh, social media is how we do it. That's how we do it. And, and, we, and I compete. That's the reality. I compete. So then I bring these kids to tournaments and then they see me lose or win. And then they go, oh, my coach went, lost. My coach won. Let's do it. He's taking balls. So the reality is we're just, we're just doing social media and competing the most and just social media. It's a, it, that's, how you, that's how you do it. And there's no other way. And all those people that say, oh, if you do jujitsu and you do like five posts a day, that pisses people off. That is such a crock of shit. Such a, if people aren't, if people don't like jujitsu, they're not going to watch your page, period. So if you put 10,000 posts, like me, if I see a guy that does 10 posts down, I'm reading them all. I'm probably not reading them all, but I'll scroll. I'll scroll. So this, it's social media is how we get it. That's how we keep that membership high. And of course it's, the quality of it's the dedication of what we do. Like, this is my life. Like I literally, if, if when George said, I got my Brown belt, he's like, this is his life. And this isn't just my life. Like, bro, right now I'm burnt out. I lost 10 pounds from being burnt out. Um, I think I have a fucked up heel, fucked up neck. Like I literally drag myself to the mats every day. And I want to quit every fucking day. Literally every day I think of quitting. I'm like, oh, but I just keep going. And that's how we keep these fuckers coming 
is because they like they want to see something. They want to see this coach that's just like, man, I do jujitsu like four times a week. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm doing this shit. I'm drilling. I'm telling you this. I got a dummy in my house. I drill six hours a day, not like crazy, just a couple hundred reps on the dummy, and I train two times a day and I teach two times a day, and that's life, and that's the only way. That's that's why we keep this membership. Oh, for sure. I mean, like you, when you look at like coaches that like lead by example, that's like a guy like yourself, right? You're trying to drive that message towards your students. And then what does that create? That creates more followers. That creates the leadership following that you want, right? And especially in, in a small county, right? Or if it's a county, I apologize. I'm, I'm from the city. It's smaller. city slickers here. Like, <laughs> in a small county, right? Like, like that that's the thing is it's your membership base is your community right and so the stronger your community is it's like these individuals hey this this is here on bj this is what we do here and this is why you should come and then you're going to create that bigger following in the, in the community yeah it's funny because i started out as blue belt and no one's like ah oh, what's this now i'm a brown belt now we have um a black belt dan barsky from Ottawa Martial Arts that we landed two years ago. Now we have uh, Joel Paquette as our striking coach, and now it's legit. So every person that – I want every person to know, man, like I don't even – if I was a white belt, I would have started this shit. I don't even care. Like really, I would have just started. I didn't care. So that's, that's just how it is. You start small, and then you just keep at it, and you give it a 1,000%, and um, this is what happens. How, impo how important is you? Cause you know, you're mentioning you know, like your team, there's a lot of guys individually, like, you know, you mentioned Nathan, David Mosley, they're going down. Like there's like the odd person going down to like the U S right yeah. now to go train. How important is that for, you know, not just the, like your team that you're on, but like even for yourself, like going forward, you know, to get to the U S doing tournaments, I, there may or may not be tournaments. I cannot confirm or deny if there's going to be tournaments coming up in Canada in the second half of this year, hopefully yeah. there, there, there are, and you know, things hold up well, but um, how, how important is that for you to, to get down there and, you know, kind of take things to the next level, put here on BGJ on the it's map. Literally, it's literally my existence. People just don't get it. Like it's, it's really weird, man. Like I have, I have to get there. I just told my wife today, my wife is already, already getting this border stuff figured out today. Like we're, we have to get there because that's where the legit competition is. It's just like, it's just like Schultz, that David Schultz. You think this guy wanted to hang out in the States? This guy had to get to Russia. He had to, like, I have to get to the States. I have to get there. And then after that, we got to go to Brazil. We got We just got to do it all. There's just no other way. You can't stay here and compete at local tournaments and think, shit you're gonna be remembered like that you're, ain't gonna be you're the greatest for winning like the uh you know the waterbury open or the hawksbury outlaw mud show here and there like it's a don't get me wrong like these tournaments are a good grassroots like to you know get experience get your feet wet in, in competing but you know ultimately like your goal is like for yourself you probably want to like hey i want to get to world masters i want to get yeah. to pans i want to the big major tournaments where you can not just bring yourself there, but also your students there potentially one day as well. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we want. It's the real deal, man. That's, that's where it's at. It's the States. And these guys are ripping tournaments like every week. You could, we could go there on a weekend and we could probably rip two tournaments. We could probably rip two tournaments back to back. And we stay there for two weeks. Like they're just, they, I noticed IBJJF like almost sets one up here, one up here. So you can kind of like boom, boom, boom. And you can just rip. 
And that's the whole goal. Like, I don't care. Like, people don't get it, man. Like, I will do anything to get this. I don't care what I have to do to get there. Bleed. I already, we're there. We just have to get there, though. There's no Mm -hmm. way. So kind of when you look at like the vision for like that team going down, like what would you, are you kind of looking for like a small collective or are you trying to get as many people there as possible? So yeah, like you want- as possible. Yeah. yeah. I already have, I already have our, our, uh, one, one of our blue belts that's, uh, he's 50 years old right now. Rob, he's our, I think he's already, he's going to be signed up already. So to the world's masters, it was that December, I think. So November, I want to say it's in November. Yeah. November, yeah. It's somewhere in November. So he's got be- one. We already have another girl here that's maybe potentially doing it. So the reality is that's what we want to do. We want to get a good group going, and then I'm just going to start ripping. It's funny. I talked to those uh, those Daisy Fresh guys, uh, Heath there, and uh, it's funny. I messaged that guy. He's like, come down here anytime, bro. You guys got a spot here. So we want to go rip there. Maybe we'll go check out those guys and get beat by some white belts. Yeah. <laughs> No, like that, those guys have a, like a pretty kind of like the barn burner program going on right now. <laughs> I'm only doing that once. I can only do that once. It's literally the barn that's burning. <laughs> yeah, that, you can only do that type of jujitsu. I'm, I'm 37 years old this year. I'll go there once and maybe I'll leave the 20 year olds there, but I, I can't do that shit. I'll die. No, yeah. <laughs> plus, you, plus, you, plus, you might get you know, like you could get COVID. Actually, you might get rabies. There's probably a higher chance of you getting rabies at this point. <laughs> with the, with the rabies, are like, you know, like there's raccoons like living uh, in like the ceiling. I don't know if you saw the, the documentary. Those guys like, changed my life, man. Those guys are so good. I thought you had to be like super smart and you had to be like super sophisticated to teach jujitsu. Those guys made you realize that, no, man. It just. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I mean, look at us. It's like, I don't know, like we, we can just bang two rocks together. We're figuring it out. We're doing all right. <laughs> nah, like what the thing I find amazing with those guys, is just like they have a collective mission, right? The collective mission is obviously to train as hard as they possibly can, you know, do like, and again, teach jujitsu, work as hard as possible with the little amount that they have available to them and make it work. Right. And I think even like, Obviously, like, you know, like, Flo's given to give them money. You know these things are going to give them more money, right? But they're not even going to use that to improve facilities. They're going to do that to improve <laughs> work for, like, we don't, guys. We don't do that here. <laughs> no, exactly. They're going to use it for, like, guys have food or, like, guys have money for tournaments and all that kind of shit. Like, they're not going to they're not going to use any of that cash to fix that place, which yeah. I'm like, and that place in the wintertime looks like people will die in there. Yeah. What do you, what do you do in Andrew Wilch? You're buying a mink coat. What the fuck is wrong with you? You need to buy some Panda Express. Yeah. <laughs> buy a home. <laughs> buy a yeah. home. He's got a shack like out in the back. He, he reminds me of like groundskeeper Willie, like on the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... No shame at all. His dog, his dog's, little thing is even nasty like but that's it that's that's the reality that i didn't think that i thought jujitsu had to be this nice sophisticated style of teaching and this atmosphere that was clean and (laughs) what you mean like you don't want a gym like aoj like or anything like that (laughs) i want a clean gym and all that but i just i didn't think it these i didn't think it was possible that these guys could do that and yeah it just gives you inspiration it, it gives you, it gives, it's basically like the influence of like, um, like for example, like, like Cicero Costa in Brazil, like they were, they started that gym out of like a church and they threw down puzzle mats. 
Yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, Daisy Fresh is, they're out of like a broken down laundromat. So I think it, I, I think it goes to show you that you don't need much to have like a legitimate, like world-class school. It's not the, it's not the facility. Like, yes, you want to have a nice clean facility and all that stuff, especially if, you know, if you're want to attract more like, you know, bougier customers and things like that. But if you're looking for like elite world-class training, you know, a lot of them are just like unity as well. There's like, there's a lot of places that are just like, Oh my God, unity. Jesus Christ. That might be the, well, like that's a man. That is like half the size of this garage. Like literally. <laughs> They're taking showers in there. I love that. I love that. Oh, they're, taking, they're taking showers that, between I think that rounds. was the old location. Yeah. I think they're in a new location. Yeah. Oh, man. Who's the guy? Who's their head instructor? I always forget his name. He talks like this. Oh, Marillo, Marillo Santana. Yeah. No, no injuries. That guy scared the shit out of me. If that guy said, Hey, you. I'll kill you. I'm gone. I'm out. That guy freaks me <laughs> out. He's just, he's just that voice. Straight killer. He's tying up his tape on his fingers. Okay, guys, don't be going too hard. And I'm like, man, this guy's a, just a killer, cold-blooded killer. And they just, you know, they rented an apartment in uh, Manhattan and just threw down mats, which I don't know if that landlord maybe knows about maybe what's going on in there, but it's like, it's like 50 guys like sleeping on the mats. There's one shower. It's like a studio apartment in like Manhattan and there's like a jiu-jitsu program being run out of there. But hey, you know, like Adapt once again- you don't yeah, need right. you don't need legitimate world class facilities to get world class training. I think it just comes down to who is running the program. But uh, kind of like what I wanted to ask you as well is you know being a blue belt coming up, having your own gym, you, you got to learn from somewhere. Was there anybody who like you, you like did you like study stuff on YouTube? Did you you know like who are like your influences like jiu jitsu wise, and who are like people that you like study now when you're so I trying to figure uh, stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now I'm I do no gi and gi. So I'm and I I think that I keep I, I think that's how it's gonna be forever with me. I'm not I was like uh, Toronto BJJ loves the gi and now they're starting to get a little bit no more no gi classes, but um yeah, I love no gi and gi. So I would say gi. My favorite competitors are the Meow brothers. I just love, I'm starting to like the bolo right now and I like Keenan too. And of course I, I believe the, the goat is Hodger in the, with, in the gi, I, I would break it down in four different things. Like I would do gi, no gi, and then uh, maybe the goat as a personality, but yeah, I'm liking, I'm liking the meow brothers and no gi. I'm liking anybody that's doing leg locks right now. Like I love, I love, I love the Dan and her death squad, of course. And I like Wiltsy's. I'm starting to become a passer right now. So I'm starting to like Wiltsy's um, uh, knee slide right now. It's so effective, simple, but yeah, those are, those are the guys I'm liking right now. And I like this guy. Um, what's the, what's his, his name? Uh, Galveo. What's his the little guy? Oh, Mika. Mika Galveo. Oh yeah. my God. That guy's knee bar on, um, who do you get with that? That crate, that, it looks like a 50-50 uh, kind of style knee bar, if you've seen that one on the... the oh, that was in... Uh, it's like back, number one? Backstepping around and then coming and hooking. And you don't even notice it. The guy, you can see the guy, he's like, oh, he doesn't got nothing. And then boom, knee bar. You're like, whoa, I'm really liking that kid, man. He, what is he, 17 years old? 17. Yeah, 17 years old, black belt. And of Already. course, Mikey Muchimechi is the fucking man. Mm -hmm. That's... 
who the man is right now. But I'm not a Gordon Ryan kind of annoys me. He's just such an attention whore. Mikey Muchimechi is what jujitsu needs. We need that guy for jujitsu, man. That, that's that's he's probably my favorite right now, actually. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey for sure. So can you elaborate on that? Like, why do you why do you say that Mikey's that kind of guy for the next one for jujitsu and like? We, need to, we don't need really these. It. We don't need these guys wearing crowns and minks. It's cool. It's cool. It's really cool to attract the sport, but I think I think jujitsu's already got. We are we're here. We we don't need to put on crowns anymore and wear Burger King crowns. It's like we're here. So let let's let's be professional and i just love the humbleness of this guy like he's like i'm just here for friends and that's me too like i used to want to rip people's heads off and just kill them in competition now and i ankle lock them i ankle locked a few guys in london and next thing you know they're like hey can you teach me how you ankle lock me i'm like hell yeah let's do this you know i love that style of friendship and but i do like the killer be killed kind of attitude as well but i just like him just he's just a nice guy it's good for jujitsu. we need that especially mm -hmm. when kids are looking up to this sport. And that's my main objective is kids are watching us and we need to set an example for all these kids that are watching. And, they, and this is a lot of negative stuff with Gordon Ryan and Conor McGregor. And that's, that's why I kind of like Mike. He's just a good kid. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. It's, I get why Gordon Ryan does that because he's getting a lot of attention for himself. At the end of the day, the more people and eyeballs on him, the more money he can potentially make, you know, competing DVDs, all that. But like I'm kind of torn away where like you mentioned Mikey's kind of like on the other end of that spectrum where like, you know, very humble. He tries to set a good example, especially for younger kids, you know, coming up, you know, coming up in the ranks. And he kind of even said that after his last uh, match and he had a little, a uh, little outburst after, but you know, like, you know, people are emotional. Like, you know, everyone's emotional when they compete. Like I, my last time competing, I, I slammed the mats as I was getting up after I won and you know, like I haven't competed in four years. So I was like, fuck, I was pumped. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. So like, you know, Mikey on the other end was a little pumped doing, <laughs> that, doing his thing, doing his thing there. But like, what do you, what do you kind of see as like uh, going forward for the sport? Like what, uh, what, inf like what influences that, that you want to have? Like, yeah, you have a kid's program. Like what are some of the things that you're trying to, you know, instill in the kids that you are, you're currently teaching? Just being, just, just that um, professionalism kind of. When I first started, I wasn't as professional because I came from the hard streets of Windsor. So it's like, you got to kind of implement that and know none of that. Like my whole goal is when I first started this, it was like, I just wanted to be noticed because I was a blue belt, right? So you have to do all these extra things because you have to get noticed because you're only a blue belt. Now I'm a brown belt and I don't give a shit what anybody does because I have a goal. So I want these kids to know that nothing matters. Literally nothing matters. All I want these kids to do is show up, give their all, lose a thousand times and get up. And that's all I want them to do. And know that this negative, this Conor McGregor, I like Conor McGregor, but I just, this negative lifestyle, I want them to be positive. Like I have friends that try to talk about partying on podcasts and, pot and all this i'm like dude don't talk don't talk to me about that shit because i could have a, a 13 year old one of my gray and white belts or a yellow belt listen to this podcast and they're like "Ooh, like joe rogan love the guy but man why are you talking about steroids all the time and fucking all this weird shit like it's just so many people watch you even if you're just a little jim and godrich so my whole goal is just to make sure these kids 
aren't falling down the same path kind of I went down. That's the number one goal. Mm-hmm. You, you may not like one of our sponsors then, Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at Aaron. <laughs> 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. <laughs> so it's over for those who are legal age, over the age of 19, all your CBD and THC needs, all the flour that you could use, you know, and, you know, all the things that, uh, products, right, Aaron, that uh, you can uh, consume potentially. But, you know, legal age, 19 and up. They have a great crew there. Mention our podcast, you get 10% off. Yeah, but that's the only drugs we talk about. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and and kids, if you're listening to this, don't smoke crack. Yes, bad for you. You'll lose your house. <laughs> you'll, lose, you'll lose a whole lose lot your of teeth. Lose your teeth. Lose your teeth, you lose your house, you lose everything. You're gaining somebody else's TV. Does it, doesn't that also like kind of give you... I'm not saying you just smoke crack in Windsor, but like, does it give you a like credibility where you're like, okay, kids, listen, like I've seen that path. You even mentioned it before. You're like, I had a rough upbringing. I've seen this path um, going down a certain path. You, you, it could be very destructive for you. Like, is that, is that something like you talk about with kids? Teenagers? All the, time. You, all the yeah. time. Literally we, people don't get it. So there we're, we always are like, I like to put, they don't have, you notice they don't say, say no to drugs anymore i think that's hilarious like i thought that was a good um thought that was a good campaign like why not like i always tell these kids man don't do drugs don't be stupid and don't do jujitsu unless you have to it's pretty much it and i try to instill that just that positive lifestyle because i seen it all i seen it all all these kids they think like ooh, i'm just gonna drink some proper 12 yeah, you're going to be drinking that proper 12. You're going to be going to the club. Next thing you know, you're at the club. And now next thing you know, it's a lifestyle. Next thing you know, you're drinking like people do jujitsu. You know what I mean? And, and it's just that fast. And all these people that say, oh, it won't be me, it will be you. So that's pretty much you hear, you hear that, Aaron? You got to put down the proper 12. Down the proper. I can't even drink that shit. <laughs> Honestly, like I, hard liquor, I can't even do it. Like I, I have my beer like once in a while. I have a beer and that's it. And I'm good. Like hard liquor, can't even do that anymore. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a positive influence on children. I do not drink, for the record. No, no alcohol. I'm a nothing I'm wrong with it. It's just not. It's just not. It's just not for me. And I believe that kids, if they want to get to that next level, it shouldn't be for you either. Like, if you yeah. want to be an athlete, it's probably not the best idea. No, well, definitely and, not. And, and and that's the thing, right? Like, you have to look at it like, okay, what does somebody want to do? If, they, if you want to be a competitive athlete. You can't have that type of lifestyle. That's not how it works. They nobody ever sees all the grinding hours and behind everything. They always see all the bullshit that okay, whatever the Instagram is cool, right? But in order to be a professional athlete, that's what they have to do. They have to eat right. You got to train right. You got to get heal properly. You got to do all these other things, and that's what like coaches like yourself have to keep instilling in their competitors to make sure that they stay on that path, right? And then. That's their choice eventually down the road. They're going to have to make that their own decision, but that's the reality. They have to live that lifestyle. Exactly. That's how I pretty much like cut out alcohol and partying. So it was like, okay, so I had a goal as a, as a young youth. I'm like, I, you know, I want to do jujitsu. I want to get really good at this. Me going out and partying till the middle of the night and coming back hammered. Is this going to help? with my goals or is this going to hinder my goals? And I think, I think it's a pretty simple answer. I think it, it, it's going to interfere with that, especially if you have any sort of 
athletic um, goals that you want to hit, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to do if you're uh, coming back, you know, in the middle of the night hammered and then you're hung over the next day and then you go to train and it, it, it's probably not going to go in your favor. No, it's just the, that, that was with me. I'm an asshole on that shit. Um, I'm a jerk and it just, the hangover is like four days, five days. Like I'm third, I was, I think I quit when I was four years ago now and just the hangover is like four or five days. It's like, nah, it ain't worth it. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not no, it's worth not. It. So, uh, me and Sean are actually getting together, uh, before this podcast. And, uh, this is actually an AA meeting, Aaron. So, uh, oh, this is, yeah. this is, this is us just meeting. So we, we wanted to bring this up, uh, Aaron, your drinking has been affecting this podcast. Your proper 12, which you've turned into proper 12 bottles a week. Michael, you have some fucking issues. Okay. And you know, you, you, you keep talking like this and people are going to start to fucking question a lot of things. This is why I have to edit this shit out. All the time. Don't no to edit this out. This is, I'm editing this, it out. You're editing <laughs> this out. <laughs> So oh, someone, I struck a nerve there. So somebody might have, might actually have a problem. I'm just saying. The first step hey, is. Dude, are, you, are you a ref? I am a ref. That yeah, Mike, Mike is actually a shitty referee. <laughs> you've, ref me, you've ref me a couple of times, haven't you? I, th- yeah, he I probably, think I he probably I, gave you a wrong decision too because he's a shitty ref. <laughs> why are you so bad, Aaron? Why don't you like go have? A, why don't you go have some proper twelve and calm down? Aaron, are you are you black belt? Too? I, I am now. Yes. He yeah, just got. Oh, he, he just got his black belt. Uh, you both are. You both are. Mike's been sandbagging for a while, so <laughs> he's supposed to have his black belt, but he, he's gonna get oh, it. What, so, what gym are you guys from? If you don't mind me asking. Sure. Yeah. Or, so I'm training out at Evo um, in Mississauga, and you're at Gracie Woodbridge. I'm Mike I am out. I am out of Gracie Woodbridge. I train with Tony Isaacs and uh, Dan Maroney. Nice. Shout out to shout out to them and uh, Aaron's Aaron's training at Evo as he's e- evolution uh, BJJ with uh, one of his uh, head instructors Toma, who was a one of our first guests. I think we've had on here. Yeah, long, long time, the, long the time. Other guest that you had the referee. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's talking about something to do with uh, he has an internet job. I just looked at it. Somebody, somebody that I refed? No, you just had him on the podcast. He was a ref. He was a ref. Was it Matt? Oh, maybe? Jeremy. Jeremy. Matt. Jeremy. Yeah, Aaron he's an, he's another ref as well. Yeah, he he. Tra- I've trained with him like for years. Like he's that guy out. is the best. Re- I always call him the best ref in the game. He's so <laughs> legit. It like the one time he was coaching the I, uh, the IBJJF Toronto, and there was two blue belts competing. And they're competing and there's, there's yellow belts waiting in the bullpen. And he hears the one chirping to the other and he's coaching, he's refereeing the, the match. And he looks at them, he goes, hey buddy, you say that one more time and you're DQ'd. And I'm like, this guy is the shit. That's what <laughs> like, if you're gonna sit there and run your gate in the bullpen, he's gonna DQ you. Like, I like that guy, he's good stuff. Nobody messes with, nobody messes with Jer Bear, nobody. He's so legit. Like I remember when I won, um, What's that? I, my, I won my first purple belt uh, tournament. I got lucky because the guy, I, um, I don't even know how I won it, but um, <laughs> I, just bla- I just blacked out and I had, I I had, had my hand raised. I got lucky, but I remember the guy's gi was bleeding 
like I, I, he was bleeding. And, and what's that guy's name again? The ref? Jeremy. 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 Jeremy yeah. He had blood and he goes, Hey buddy, stop the match right now. And he goes, you got blood on your knees. So he goes, take that gi off right now. He's like, I don't have a gi. He's like, well, you're going to get DQ'd, bud. And then his buddy, <laughs> is that true? Like he, he, you're, you can't have the blood, blood on the gi. Well, if you're actively like bleeding everywhere, like well, just a little, it was just, a, it was just like blood on his gi. It was like a nice little chunk, but it was there. He's like, you got to get that out of here. He yeah. It. Like it's, it's not sanitary. Cause yeah. like you, you don't know where people have been like, exactly. like it's legit. COVID, HIV, there's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff that I can like happen. That, though. I felt safe. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Get that gi off and get a new gi on. Well, yeah. like after, after everything has happened a year and a half, would you want somebody bleeding all over no. you? I didn't want people sneezing anymore. <laughs> Whoa, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for your own sake, so like when you start competing again in Ontario and if it was Michael and Jeremy uh, repping the same event, make sure you go to Jeremy. Don't go to Michael. Make sure they be like, and if for whatever reason, Michael's your ref, be like, hey, I, I want to protest. Right here, this protest. protest right now. Because, and you could say any reason, and I'll make oh, sure we'll that I some think Tony out of the OJA. We'll and some and we'll make sure we switch it's it so angry. So don't worry. I'll take the, I'll take the, the less sandbagging ref, eh? The less yeah, sandbagging. Exactly. I, exactly. I may be the, the, the sandbaggingest ref in the history of sandbagging in do, Ontario. Do you, compete, do you compete in the U.S., Mike? I have competed yeah. a few times, so you I've done killed like, it, bro. What did you do at Brown Belt? You, you've done, you've done really well, eh? I haven't done anything at Brown Belt. No, uh, it was all, a lot of it was at purple. And then I had, I competed at purple, got my brown belt. I was going to start doing some U S competitions and like, you know, preparing for masters worlds. And then I completely like tore my knee in half. Yeah. So that kind of that set me back a bit. And then 2020 was like, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to do this tournament, this, this. And then, well, we saw what happened in 2020, like pretty much. Mm -hmm. Everything got shut down, unfortunately, but I'm looking to, you know, try to hit the, the old trail trail of competing. It would be good to see you in the U S as well. Rep yeah. representing, um, kind of like, kind of like just, you know, closing, closing up, uh, the, the podcast today. Like what are, what are your future plans? You mentioned the U S a lot. You want to go down there and train. Is there any like specific goals you want to hit there? Or do you, is there anything specific with like the gym? Like what's, what's next for you in the future, Sean? So right now, we are trying to get to the US. Um, we're trying to implement a lot of different programs. Like right now, I, I know if, if there's three things that a lot of people better do in jujitsu right now, or you're going to be left behind. Wrestling, leg locks, lapel. You, 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 like there's three right there that I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm somewhat good at. So our whole goal right now is to get a wrestling coach in the next month or two. I want to have wrestling once a week because all these people that say, Oh, I don't like, I, like, I don't like wrestling. If you like guard, then you, you must like wrestling. You dumbass. You know, everything starts with a grip, right? You know that you dummy. So we want to inch, we want to get <laughs> wrestling. Of course, we're going to have leg locks, but the reality is we just want to, we want to, we want to get our gym going seven days a week. Um, eventually breaking it down in white belt classes to an advanced and just ripping all day long and kind of attracting a lot of people to our area to come train because we are in the middle. We're kind of in the middle of London and we're in the middle of Toronto and we kind of can do something really good if we can attract a lot of those competitors and maybe get them to come train at our gym. 
And like you also said about lapel, why why do you feel lapel is a big thing that you guys need to work on now? Lapel with the gi? Lapel, man, you, man it, I just started working lapels like, I don't even know, like two months ago. I did that. Did you watch that um, Fix My Game with Keenan? Yeah. Oh, yep. that pass, it, man, I'm telling you, it works. Okay, that pass, what does he call it? Platinum guard? Platinum guard. Platinum. Platinum Worm 101. Dude, I'm telling anybody that that weird pass works so good. And I just kept messing with it. And then I ordered the, what is it? What's that guy? Uh, Astima. What's his guard called? He called it. Um, oh, I can't even remember. It's just. Is it Victor Astima or Braulio? Braulio's done a lot of like lapel stuff. Maybe not necessarily like worm guard, but he's done a lot of like lapel stuff like it's called, it's, he said it's it's the initial guard that started every lapel guard i can't remember it's called it so but if you don't get these like if you don't get wrestling down if you don't get leg locks down if you don't get this lapel guard down you're gonna be left left in the mud like straight up like there there's no other way you can't be you cannot be a guard player and you cannot just be a passer these days you got to be both. So mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do. We want to get some wrestling in there. We got Dan our, uh, from Ottawa. He's not under us, of course. He's got his own thing, but he still trains with us. So we're going to try to get Dan on the schedule and just try to give that top-notch teaching from such a small place. That's the whole goal. Nice. Awesome. Well, you know what? Like, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight. It's been a pleasure. It's been awesome kind of hearing the, the aspects of Huron BJJ, but also kind of like your story. Obviously, there's kind of the next steps that you guys got planned. So I'm excited to kind of see what happens, especially in the future. Um, is there anybody you want to thank or all the, like any sponsorships you want to reach out to before we close her up? Yeah, I'd like to thank Hyperfly, Josh there at Toronto BJJ, George, and then my other sponsors, uh, Sign Guys and uh, Big Bear. We've got a few sponsors out there. And uh, my wife, she's the people look at here on BJJ and they always see me on camera. They, they, I, I, all I do is teach. It's literally all I do. My wife does the other part. And it's a lot more than what I do. I love what you guys are doing though, man. Love it. Uh, no, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate thank it. You. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll be, we'll be in touch soon. We'll get it going. Right, don't, 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 uh, don't DQ me for reaping. <laughs> Aaron.